Welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I thought I'd be healthier, in better shape, feel better both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be further along in my life? If so, come on this journey with my dad as he explores all things health and wellness from a holistic, medical perspective, even as a classically trained physician. He'll share integrative strategies to optimize health and inspire you to join the modern medicine movement. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast. Dr. Thomas Hemingway here. Super pumped, super grateful to be here with you guys. It's another beautiful spring, almost summer day. Summer is coming in a couple of weeks. In fact, uh, just another week or so after my birthday, we'll officially be in summer. So I'm so excited about that. It's uh, <laughs> warming up a bit in Hawaii, Nei. So uh, yeah, it's it's beautiful. Can't can't complain. I'm getting my vitamin D therapy, getting my vitamin M for my movement and N for nature, and just kind of just conquering all that at once. D M N N with a little outside activity every day, be it in the surf on the trail, or just going for a nice walk out in nature. Oh, it's beautiful. So thank you for sharing this with me and being here. I'm so grateful you're here. For all of those that have written a review, oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you haven't yet, which is a couple of you guys, I think, please do so. Easiest way is on Apple Podcasts. Scroll down to the bottom of the show where you see those five stars, click on the one farthest to the right. And then the little link below that looks like a square on the left with the pencil coming out the top and click write a review because I read every single one and they are just awesome. And they're what really keeps me going. I love hearing from you guys. And so thank you in advance. Also, if you don't know about my free Facebook group, which is awesome, Modern Medicine Movement Health and Wellness Facebook group, you can join that for free and you'll be the first to know when the podcasts are released and any other cool stuff that's going on. In fact, we got something really cool going on right now for my birthday. I'm giving you guys a little birthday gift for the next, uh, it's about another 10 days until my birthday. And that is basically $100 off or over half off of my course that I developed, which is just an awesome way to get healthy, lose weight, do so naturally. It's amazing. It's just an awesome course. It has almost 20 modules, just lots of information. It's got a PDF to go along with it. And just for you guys, for my birthday, I'm giving you 100 bucks off. So it's only $97 for the next 10 days. So it's not going to last. That offer will end. So I hope you'll take advantage of it. Share it with anybody that you know that wants to just get healthy and, and maybe lose a couple of pounds for summer because that summer is coming. You want to get in that bikini or your board shorts and be looking good shirt off, you know, for the guys and, and in the bikini for the girls, like here is your chance. This is it. This is how to get healthy and also lose weight and do so all of it naturally, which is pretty stinking awesome. So hopefully you'll check that out. A link is in the show notes. You could also just go to mastermind.com and just start typing in Hemingway. I think just with three letters, H-E-M in the search bar, you'll get my course. You'll see it right there. You'll see my picture, natural weight loss, 
and getting healthy and high and improved energy and all that and do so with this amazing course for a hundred bucks off for the next 10 days. So hope you'll take advantage of that. You'll share it with somebody that you love. Let them know about it as well because this offer will not last. Also, we are coming into an exciting time because I am soon to release another super exciting thing in the next, for sure within the next month, but we're trying to get it out here pretty quickly in the next couple of weeks so you guys can take advantage of my online paid community, the VIP community, which will help you so much put this stuff into action so you get real results. It'll help you be accountable. You'll meet other like-minded people. So that's going to be coming up real soon. And just keep listening to the podcast and I'll let you know how to get into that community. And I'll be doing special trainings and lives with you guys and answering your questions. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to be seeing you guys' faces on the you know, on the individual meetings that we'll have with the group setting to let you guys ask me questions and let me help you, guide you along this awesome path to improved health, wellness, amazing energy, and even losing a couple pounds if you'd like to do that. It's pretty awesome. I'll let you know as soon as that's ready for prime time, but hopefully within the next couple of weeks. So that's pretty, pretty awesome. So excited. So without further ado, we're going to get into our latest show, which is on a topic that... Uh, I think you're all going to love because it's one of those things that I really don't feel like we talk about enough. You know, I spent, uh, oh my gosh, hours of content talking about what to eat um, in my course. And I also spend some time on a little bit of the when portion, when to eat it. So today I want to share with you that second half of the process. So in other words, the timing or when to eat the stuff, right? Those awesome, healthy, whole, real foods that make up the macronutrient categories that we've talked about in the past, the healthy carbs, the healthy proteins, and the healthy fats. Like, when is the best time to eat those things? And I really wanted to talk about that today because, you know, it's, it's often misunderstood. And some of the old dogma that's out there, like the things that I learned when I was in medical school and training and, and nutrition classes and college and all that, a lot of that stuff is outdated and is not quite accurate and is more of a, I hate to say the old wives tale, but it's more, more of just rooted in, in, uh, you know, our, you know, culture and, and, you know, exercise history than real science. So we'll talk about those things as they relate to the main macronutrients because I think it's awesome. It's super interesting from a physiologic perspective, but also it should be really helpful for you guys to be able to optimize not only your nutrition, but your energy and your metabolism and your health. And then if you want to, you know, lose a few pounds, that'll just melt away naturally. So Firstly, I'm going to talk about probably the most misunderstood macronutrient, which is the carbohydrates. We're going to talk about the timing of the carbohydrates first. I feel like that's really an area that we need to, to really get nailed down because there's probably more misinformation out there on this one single macronutrient than any other because what I often refer to, you know, as the SAD diet, and I think many others have used this as well, which is the acronym for the standard American diet, which is not too far distant from just the standard developed, you know, world diet, which is, you know, many, many countries and, 
and millions and millions of people across the world that have developed this diet, which is often referred to as the SAD diet, me being an American, we'll just call it the standard American diet or the SAD diet, includes not only way too many carbs, but way too many unhealthy carbs, and the timing is all over the map. Like literally, if you ask people when they eat, it's like from the moment they <laughs> open their eyes till the moment they close them, and if they wake up in the middle of the night, they might have a snack. Like that's ah, the worst strategy ever, not only for the carbs, but really for anything. We're not supposed to be eating you know, 18 hours a day or 16 hours a day, which I think is the average for most people in the developed world that we eat 16 hours a day because, you know, we only sleep at best eight hours. So that's the only window we're not eating. And that is just not enough. So go back and re-listen to, you know, the shows and modules and all the trainings I've done on the intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding and how that is so important to regulate the timing of our, you know, eating window because our bodies operate via a clock. Like whether you know it or not, it's the truth. We have a clock. <laughs> Many of you have experienced it. The circadian rhythm and it's governing basically all the processes to some degree, even those bacteria in our gut. And they know when it's light, they know when it's dark. And if we can optimize this, we can get much healthier and even lose some stubborn weight. So timing is everything. It's the quality number one, you know, what foods we're actually eating, real, whole, healthy, you know, non-GMO, organic, you know, the proper uh, raised foods, both plant and animal, you know, if it's animal, grass-fed and finished, free-range, you know, animals that are in their natural habitat, and for all the plants we eat, which I love and just enjoy so many of them, they got to be raised hopefully in an organic, regenerative, you know, agriculture-style way where they're getting as much nutrients as possible, but not from artificial fertilizers and not from using pesticides and things like that, but they're naturally raised, you know, in the way that they were meant to. And so that's first and foremost is the quality of our food and then the timing. And for carbohydrates in particular, super important, because if we get this wrong, we can really screw up. <laughs> One of my favorite uh, doctors or physicians in this space that talks all about the carbohydrates, her name is Dr. Kate Shanahan. And I think her website is just drkate.com. If you're not familiar with her, check her out. Cool lady, cool doctor, and actually was the um, physician uh, in charge of the nutrition for the Los Angeles Lakers, working with the likes of Kobe Bryant and, and so on um, for many years and really helped them to optimize their nutrition and their diets. And I've followed her for years, read her books, Deep Nutrition. And I think her most recent one is the uh, fat, uh, what is it? The uh, fat burn fix, I believe. So check those out. If you haven't uh, seen those, those are cool, cool resources. And she is expert at this stuff. And she'll basically tell you that screwing up the breakfast part of the day with all of the stuff that we thought were healthy for us that we've been told, you know, the breakfast cereals, the bagels, the croissants, the grains, the oatmeal, like all these carbohydrate things that we've been told are breakfast stuff. Like that's the perfect way to screw up our day as far as our metabolism is eating these things in the morning. And in fact, many of these eating them at all is, is not awesome because as I've taught uh, numerous times over the months and years about metabolism and, you know, the things we got to pay attention to are avoiding the top three, I like to call them the big three, which is the highly processed sugars, 
avoid them at all costs, the highly processed sugars and highly processed grains. So those two. And the third is the seed oils. And I believe Dr. Kate Shanahan uh, shares that with me. And what she will say is that when you start your morning, and if you're a breakfast eater, that's okay, but don't start it with carbohydrates. The worst time of the day to eat carbohydrates is in the morning, the absolute worst. And the reason for that is your body in the morning, all of us to some degree physiologically have an elevated stress hormone called cortisol. It just naturally rises in the morning. And what that does on its own, it shoots up our blood sugar and actually makes us a little bit physiologically, you know, we're a natural insulin resistance that happens in the morning. So when we eat carbohydrates in the morning, it screws up our insulin resistance to a greater effect than at any point in the whole day. So it's the absolute worst time of day to eat carbohydrates is the morning or for breakfast, uh, or what have you. So if you're going to eat carbohydrates at all, which is okay as long as you eat the healthy ones and you time them right, just try to not eat them in the morning because that is the absolute worst time. And also, um, if you've heard me talk with Dr. Benjamin Bickman in the past, he wrote the book, uh, uh, Why We Get Sick, and I interviewed him on my podcast. Jeez, it's coming up on maybe six months or more ago, he shared this same sentiment that uh, starting your day with carbohydrates, even if they're healthy carbohydrates, you know, the fresh fruits and things, it's, it's not the ideal timing because you already have some insulin resistance that happens sort of on a natural or physiologic basis based on this, you know, elevated cortisol that happens in all of us in the morning, which is that kind of fight or flight hormone. And that brings up our blood sugar, which in and of itself is not such a bad thing because, you know, uh, over time, historically, we haven't eaten breakfast in the morning. Like breakfast is kind of a newer, developed, you know, world-developed, you know, a modern era problem, if you will, <laughs> or thing. Let's just call it a thing. We didn't used to eat breakfast, you know, back thousands of years ago, or even hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It was breakfast was not a thing. We did not eat breakfast. You know, pre-Kellogg and pre-CW Post, we just did not eat breakfast. And... <laughs> Them starting this kind of tradition, if you will, you know, starting your day with the most important meal full of carbohydrates was one of the worst things that could have happened for our health because that timing of carbohydrates is not good in the morning, the worst possible thing. And I'm not an anti-carb guy. You guys know I eat the rainbow, both plant and animal. I love fresh fruits. My favorite are the berries, but I just don't eat them first thing in the morning when I roll out of bed. In fact, I do um, practice a overnight, you know, fast or a circadian fast. And I don't even eat when I first wake up in the morning. And we'll talk about that a little bit here, but you can also refer to my other discussions on uh, time-restricted feeding or intermittent fasting to get more of that. But basically when consuming carbs, let's just get down to the point. The worst time is in the morning. Okay. <laughs> and the best time, if we eat the right ones, the healthy ones, of course, is better, much better is to eat them within a few hours after exercising and even later in the day when we don't have this kind of natural insulin resistance that's from the morning cortisol. So what I do is, number one, I don't eat a lot of carbs. I try to keep my carb intake less than 100 to 150 grams a day. And if I'm really pushing, I try to keep it less than 50 or 60 grams a day because having our carbs too high, it kicks us out of the so-called fat burn state, which is what Dr. Kate Shanahan talks all about in her book, and um, if you follow folks like her and Dr. Pita Tia and even guys just in the health and wellness space that are into 
a natural nutritional uh, ketosis, they'll tell you the same thing, that you want to keep your carbs relatively low overall. You don't have to avoid them completely, but you want to certainly stick to a lower carbohydrate intake for most cases um, and do so with the natural carbohydrates, especially those that come with fiber, like the natural fruits. And so when you want to eat them, best time is actually after a workout. You don't have to do it immediate. In fact, there's been a lot of studies looking at this because they originally thought you had to eat it within like 30 minutes. And like, honestly, if anybody that's out there, you know, has worked out really hard for a bit of time and, you know, the first thing they think of is just gorging out, like, I think that's the rarity. Most of us don't feel like just raw, you know, just eating a whole bunch of crap right after working out. Usually we want to take some time to kind of rehydrate and, you know, all these kind of Gatorade type beverages after workout, not, not really that awesome because they're low quality, they're simple sugars and we overdo it oftentimes. And, you know, I, 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 I'll give them some grace because, you know, they, they are trying to, you know, promote their bottom line, right? They're trying to sell their products, but it's not the science or the physiology that is used appropriately in, in this fashion. In other words, you don't need to overdo it on eating carbs after a workout, but that's the best time to eat some within a two, even up to a three hour window, you'll still get all the same benefits to restore your muscle glycogen, because that's what, if you've done a really hard workout, that's what you've depleted to some degree as your muscle glycogen. And remember, most of us don't have that much glucose in there. So we don't have to replete or replace very much of it. In fact, if we start to, you know, lower our overall consumption of carbohydrates and get into more of a chronic sort of fat burn uh, state, which is an awesome one to be in because you're full of energy all the time, your body, you know, primarily the liver start to make these things called ketones, which can power most of your brain function and that tiny little bit of blood glucose you need running around, which is really only about a teaspoon. That does the trick for all the normal functions that you need to achieve without hardly consuming any um, carbohydrates. Your body can actually do this. It knows how. It's called gluconeogenesis. In fact, you don't even have to eat carbohydrates if you don't want to. And you can maintain brain function and, and basal you know, glucose levels without issue because your body knows how to make glucose if it needs to. But having the carbohydrates after a workout is a decent time to do so. Within a couple of hours, two to three hours, you have the same benefits. And also later in the day, so you don't have this insulin resistance, that's kind of a natural physiologic thing that happens because of the morning cortisol, um, having your carbohydrates later in the day is a decent thing as well. You know, later uh, towards the you know, latter half of your eating window, if you're trying to consolidate your feeding window or your eating window to eight to 10 hours, which I'd recommend over time, you know, don't do that overnight if you're used to you know, eating 16 hours a day, you don't overnight change it to eight. That's going to be a big, you're going to be crashing and you're going to be burning and you're going to be elevating your stress hormones even more, which are going to make you even more hungry um, because you're not used to it. So take it slow um, and uh, do it over a period of weeks or a month or two, you know, where you can get to that extended fasting window and shortened eating window. And when you apply your consumption of carbohydrates to basically the most important thing is don't you know, don't load them up in the morning. That's the worst time ever. In fact, if you can avoid eating carbs at all in the morning, you'll be better off. Your body, your metabolism will be healthier. And then when you do eat them, um, eat them, you know, at a lower percentage. I mean, you really don't need the sad diet numbers, right? The standard American diet numbers are like 60 plus percent of our macros are going to carbs, which is crazy 
because we can only store 4% of all of our energy in our whole body as carbohydrates, which is both liver and muscle glycogen. It's only about 400 to 600 grams total in our body. Total, that's how much we can store. And the other 96% of all the energy in our body is basically our fat. And so if we're dependent on the carbohydrates, then we basically never get into our fat burning and we do what I sometimes refer to the path of least resistance, which is that we gain weight, you know, throughout our lives, starting as early as, you know, teens and 20s. And, you know, the estimates are that we'll gain, you know, on average over a pound a year if we're not paying attention to these kind of things, because <laughs> if we're carbohydrate dependent, we'll basically never be able to maintain weight loss because you just can't get into the fat burning. You just can't do it. Um, so reducing the amount of total carbohydrates is important, limiting them to the healthy, natural carbohydrates, especially those that come with fiber, uh, which are the natural you know, plants and fruits and things. And I talk all about this in my course with great detail. So I, I'm not going to belabor that right now, but super important to eat the natural forms of carbohydrate and to eat them in smaller amounts. You don't want to just pound any one meal with a bunch, a bunch of carbs because most of those are going to go straight to fat. What happens with carbs, they raise the glucose and then the insulin levels. And what happens is insulin tells your body to take those carbs and turn them into fat because it's pretty quick that you restore all of your depleted carbs from the liver and muscle glycogen because you only have, like I said, 4% of your total body energy is stored in that form, only 400 to maybe 600 tops grams there. And then the rest of it is stored as fat. 96% is fat. And if you can never access it, you're in trouble. You're basically addicted or dependent on the carbs. So just to summarize, the carbohydrates should be eaten later in the day, not first thing in the morning. <laughs> so no more bagels, no more you know, croissants and all this stuff, or just eat them later in the day. And instead of eating the whole bagel, maybe just eat a half a bagel, you know, which is what I'll do. If I do ever eat a bagel, I'll eat a half of one and I'll do it from a natural, you know, one that I've gotten from a place that I trust, that I know the ingredients and they're using proper, you know, fresh ingredients and things like that. Although I, I just don't eat a lot of carbs myself, but if you do eat them later in the day is best. And within a couple hours after your workout is a good time as well and um, just not eating them first thing in the morning. So that's sort of the, the skinny on the carbohydrates um, because what they do is they spike insulin. And insulin is not awesome, right? Insulin is what makes us fat because every time we eat carbs, to some degree, the blood glucose goes up. And after that, the insulin. And then the insulin tells us to store that, you know, carbohydrate meal or replacement that we thought we were doing to store it as fat. So not awesome, <laughs> not awesome. We want to sort of minimize um, that, right? Most of us don't want to be building fat, myself included. So minimize the carbs, try to focus on the healthy carbs that come with fiber, which are in plant foods primarily. Um, and then the timing is try to eat them later in the day, definitely not in the morning and eat them after a workout within a couple of hours. It doesn't have to be immediate and also later on in the afternoon or evening. Um, still giving yourself plenty of time to have two to three hours before bed that you're not eating anything. You know, you want to lengthen your window from eight hours to 12 to 14, even 16, or even 18 hours over time if you can do it of your, you know, what I like to call the circadian fast or the overnight fast. So that's, in a nutshell, how to 
eat your carbohydrates. So don't screw up the morning by eating a bunch of carbs. Like that's the absolute worst time guaranteed. Those are going straight to fat. And if you eat them early, like first thing, and then you work out after that, basically any potential fat burn in your workout has been completely nixed. You're not going to ever get into fat burn if you just had a load of carbohydrates prior to your workout because insulin is on. And whenever insulin is on, fat burning is off. And insulin gets turned on when you eat carbohydrates. So once you can kind of work up to, you know, eating or I should say exercising maybe in a fasted state, then you can get the full benefits if you want to do some weight loss in there. But there's a way to kind of avert some people just wake up hungry and that's kind of the the thing if you're, you know, carbohydrate dependent. And that'll that'll go away over time as you practice extending your window of fasting. But what you can also do instead of eating anything carbohydrate laden in the morning is just have a cup of coffee or tea or whatever with a spoonful, you know, say a tablespoon of MCT oil or a tablespoon of butter, fresh, real, well-sourced butter. And that provides fat and essentially no carbohydrates. So it's not going to turn on your insulin and you can still have some satiety, you know, if you will, or fuel or energy, however you want to look at it for your morning workout without screwing up your chances of fat burn. So that's a good little hack for you you know, a little tip that you can use. If you need a little something in the morning before your workout, you know, just put a spoonful or even two um, tablespoons. You can do two full tablespoons of MCT oil, oil, coconut oil, or even butter into your morning drink that's a non-carbohydrate drink, right? Don't add sugar to the coffee. You could even add some heavy cream, you know, but don't add sugar as that's going to screw up the insulin, which will stop your fat burn. So that's a, a little tip I wanted to share with you before we get into the next macronutrient. Um, So coming up next, what do you think? Next, we're going to do the timing of the protein because that's been one that's been somewhat controversial, I think, over the years. You know, there used to be this thought process that you have to consume it, you know, immediately after you work out, you know, and people would go crazy with their sports drinks, their branched-chain amino acids, and they would eat them literally like the second they were done with their workout, and then it would cause some GI distress. And, you know, they were told that this was the absolute best time. And, you know, it's actually been looked at um, in real data, studies that have been done. And, and that window, you know, that window does exist, the sort of post-exercise window for replenishing and promoting, you know, healthy muscle development or the sort of anabolic or growth type effect, you know, if you're trying to build muscle mass, which guys like me that are approaching 50 and and folks like you that we're all aging, right? If we want to develop more muscle mass or just not lose any, (laughs) we got to have some protein in our diet. And that actual amount that you need is individualized. Uh, It's not the same for everybody, but it's going to fall somewhere between 0.6 and um, one gram, 0.6 and one gram per lean body mass and weight in pounds. So for somebody that's trying to build muscle like me, you're probably going to end up closer to one gram um, per lean body weight pound a day. So I'm 150 pounds and my lean body weight's about 130 something. So I'm going to want to be, you know, getting over 100 uh, or roughly 100, you know, 0.7 to one Um grams per lean body uh, weight and pounds per day, I'm going to want to get somewhere between probably 80 and 110 grams of protein per day. And so 
this calculation will based on your individual needs or based on if you're in a stage of life like me, like if you don't do anything proactively, you're actually going to develop what's called sarcopenia, which is muscle loss or muscle wasting. I know it doesn't sound good, right? Sarcopenia. It's not good. You don't want it, but it's the natural thing that if we don't proactively replenish it and do strength training, some kind of weight lifting doesn't have to be anything big. It can be with 10 pounds or even six or seven pounds. As long as you do something, you're going to hopefully prevent that muscle wasting or sarcopenia. Um, and that's with eating some natural healthy protein. So uh, protein, there is a timing thing, and that's probably been the best studied. Um, carbohydrates have been studied as well. And, and basically the data on that, other than what I shared with you before, um, you know, eat it later in the day, not first thing in the morning, and then don't eat any one big bolus of carbohydrates. Try to spread it out in your different uh, meals. Don't don't tank any one meal with tons of carbs because then that just triggers insulin, which will trigger insulin resistance and all that sort of thing. Um, but uh, they've, like I mentioned earlier, they used to say that carbs, you wanted to eat it also right within the window after exercising. And that's been extended to hours. They used to say 30 to 60 minutes. Now it's at least two to three hours, probably more. And it doesn't matter as much as protein. If you're really trying to work out and build muscle, they'll say, if you can eat some protein within two to three hours of a workout, that has been shown to have some benefit. Um, and this, like, like I mentioned at the outset, doesn't have to be immediate. You don't have to chug your branch chain amino acids the moment you stop your workout. Like that's a little bit of extra stress on your body. Give yourself some time to, you know, cool down and hydrate. You don't have to stuff yourself immediately upon working out. You have a window of at least two to three hours, the recent studies show. Um, and the one that I was referencing there, there was one in the Journal of uh, the International Society of Sports Nutrition in 2013 that looked at this in particular. It's called Nutrient Timing Revisited. Is there a post-exercise anabolic window? And they found out that not so much for the carbs, actually, contrary to the lore out there, not so much that window. Um, and for proteins, that window is way longer than we used to think. It's not 30 minutes. It's not one hour. It's at least several hours. In fact, there's been studies showing that some protein intake, you know, your dinner, your later meal is fine too, because then the whole evening, your body has a chance while you're not, you know, feeding anymore, right? Hopefully you're going to have at least 12 hours, 14 hours, hopefully as a goal to not have any eating overnight. Your circadian facet can use all of that 14, 16 hours or so to build muscle. And so that's been shown to be effective uh, to have some protein in your evening meal in addition to after your workout within a few hours. So similarly with the carbohydrates, you don't want to just like blast it ridiculously high in any one setting, you know, but having a high protein meal is actually pretty important because not only will it provide you some satiety, which will enable you to eat or crave less carbohydrates because you're not going to feel you know, hungry right away because the proteins are much more satiating. Um, also the healthy fats, which we'll get to next, but they are more helpful to be consumed, um, you know, throughout your couple of meals. For me, it's two meals a day. I eat fairly high protein in both of those two meals. Um, occasionally I'll have a healthy protein snack, like maybe a a cup of uh, Greek yogurt. That's actually a pretty good uh, protein content there. And I, it's a uh, basically almost no carbohydrate uh, Greek yogurt because it's not sweetened. Um, if anything, it has a little bit of stevia in there. 
think the one that I mostly use is the Oikos brand because I think it's super tasty. <laughs> and there's not many carbs. There's a bunch of protein. And it's sweetened with stevia and not a bunch of sugar. So that's, that's kind of been my latest thing for a healthy protein snack. And I throw on um, some non-grain granola occasionally. There's a few of those out there that's basically just made from nuts. And sometimes I'll even throw on some fresh raspberries or something. Um, and that's often what I'll do for a dessert if I have a dessert, which is rare anyway. But that's a nice, healthier version of a dessert. Whereas many of you know, I used to reach for something like ice cream, you know, on a regular basis. But since I've overcome my carbohydrate dependency, I rarely <laughs> reach for that. Very rare. And I, I've substituted that with like a Greek yogurt with some uh, grain-free granola and maybe a little bit of fruit. So that's kind of a cool alternative. But uh, with respect to protein, um, there is some data suggesting that after a big workout, like it's great to replenish it if you're trying to you know, grow your muscle mass. And that window, like I said, it's not 30 minutes, it's not 60 minutes, it's actually longer. It's, you know, two to three hours at least. And then there's some data to suggest that an overnight period to use the protein from your last meal, um, like at dinner time, is helpful as well to have a decent protein load um, in your meal there. So, you know, this all should fall within a window where hopefully you're having an overnight fast or a circadian fast. You don't want to stuff yourself with protein uh, the moment before your head hits the pillow, it's always good to have a couple hours of basically no eating before bed, and then you're eight hours of sleep, and then a couple hours after that. So you have that entire time for your body to process your last meal, because processing a meal is actually pretty hard work. And so you don't want to keep eating. You don't want to do a midnight snack that kind of screws things up. It you know encourages insulin resistance um, and all other issues with chronic inflammation and things like that. So you want to give your body a period of time to kind of utilize the protein that you've eaten so it can incorporate it into your muscle. And so having that overnight window, you know, 12 to 14 or even up to 16 or 18 hours of your overnight circadian fast is really, really good to assimilate that protein into muscle. Okay. Because if you just load up on protein all throughout the day and you don't kind of separate it into meals, which is more helpful you know, you don't need to be pounding protein powder, you know, every waking moment of the day, just try to group it into the meals. It's probably the most helpful because you give your body time to assimilate it. Um, so that it doesn't also because protein, especially if taken with any uh, carbohydrate at all, which is most of these protein powders and shakes out there have a decent amount of carbs. If you're spacing those out all throughout the day, you're spiking your insulin all throughout the day. So I try to, you know, occasionally I take a protein shake, but I drink it all at once. I don't sip on it all day long. I'm not trying to spread my insulin levels throughout the day. I'm trying to confine my insulin spikes to short times and not very often throughout the day. You know, I only usually eat two meals. I space them out. And typically if I, I go for a snack, I usually just go for a handful of nuts because they're, you know, less carbohydrates. In fact, very little. My, my favorite nut has almost no carbohydrates, which is the macadamia nut, just full of healthy fats. So Anyway, that's kind of a, a tip there for the protein, you know, having some within a couple hour window of your workout, having some at each meal, you know, that's probably the most beneficial way and not uh, eat, you know, all throughout the day. You want to actually have some spacing in both your meals. And if you do do any snacks, definitely space those out and try not to include much of any carbohydrates in those snacks because then your insulin goes up and you kind of screw up your, you know, fat burn <laughs> chances. And I don't think any of us really want to do that. So so the timing, especially of the protein, is important. Um, there's a lot of data on that. I'm not going to bore you with this whole thing, but you'll you'll read of you know nutrient timing 
nutrient balance, you know, how, how to kind of coordinate all this thing. And it, it depends on your goals, you know, if you're trying to gain weight, lose weight, but pretty much they all would agree with the fact that you should have an overnight window where you're not eating, right? Say no to the midnight snack, say no to that. Um, and at your last meal, you know, try to eat that a couple hours before laying down two to three hours. I'd like to give three hours if can, you know, you're able to, that's great. And then a couple hours in the morning too. So you can add that on to your eight hour window of sleep. You can easily get to 14 hours, which is three hours before three hours after, or even 16 or 18 hours over time, because you want that period of repair, maintenance, you know, autophagy to be occurring at night. These are all not only helpful with just general health, but for, you know, lifespan too. You know, you don't want to have your genes turned on all the time, like mTOR, which is one that I got to include that with the protein because that's what people fear. You know, if you're eating protein all day long instead of spacing it out into, you know, a meal um, and not just sipping on protein all day long, that's better because uh, when you consume a bunch of protein, it turns on an um, enzyme called mTOR, which is the mechanistic um, target of rapamycin. I think that is the new name. Um, that they've given it. And you don't have to remember that, but basically <laughs> if you're activating that all the time, which is commonly done when you're snacking all throughout the day, it's just getting turned on all the time and you're not taking a break, then that has been shown to potentially increase cancer risk and other kind of anabolic type activities like insulin resistance, cancer, things like that. So if you kind of narrow the windows that you're eating the protein and just turn it on, you know, right after a workout, you have some protein, within a couple hours with that, whatever the meal that follows your workout, and then maybe at your next meal. And if you are eating three full meals a day, that's fine, but just try to space them out. So you're not sipping on a protein drink the whole day. You know, it's better to just, you know, drink that all at once, then give your body a time where it can rest and just digest what you've eaten and then have some more protein at the next meal. Just kind of space it out with each meal. Don't be snacking on protein all day because then you're turning on your mTOR, which is, uh, not awesome. Just Google it, mTOR, M-T-O-R. And if you activate that way too much, it can put you at risk for, you know, cancer, decreased longevity, all these kinds of things. And to turn it on is fine because it needs to be turned on, you know, to repair, rejuvenate your muscle mass and, and things like that. But you just don't want it on all the time. And then it just leads to kind of uncontrolled growth. And uncontrolled growth is basically cancer when you, when you have your cells growing out of control. So, all of these things should be narrowed into the windows of your meals and then having a prolonged overnight, you know, fasting window is awesome because then all of that can repair and rejuvenate and get refreshed and you can flush out all the toxins through the process called autophagy and, and all of that. So protein, very, very important nutrient that we need and um, having it after a period of exercise within a few hours and also with our meals is great, great timing. Um, because that will be the best for regenerating our muscle mass and uh, spacing it out is cool too. You don't want to be sipping on it all the time. You want to space it out. I just kind of keep it to my meals really. Um, and I find that to be super effective. So um, I'll reference uh, for you a couple sources on that. There's some that I've been referring to here. And um, I just think that overall, the, the, the biggest thing to keep in mind is you don't have to pound it within 30 minutes of an exercise or an hour. That used to be the common lore that you got to chug a drink with a bunch of sugar and protein, you know, immediately after a workout, like that's been shown to not be necessary. So, you know, I, I personally don't feel like eating anything right after a workout. It usually takes me an hour or so before I want to eat anything. 
but I'll, I'll hydrate immediately. You know, I'll definitely replenish my electrolytes, drink a bunch of water during and after a workout, but you don't have to pound protein immediately after that. The data doesn't support that. There's definitely a longer window. It's up to two to three hours. Um, and also at night you have uh, time to let that kick in. If you eat some protein with your evening meal, which I almost always do, um, <clears throat> you have the whole night to kind of process that. Cause you, like I said, you don't want to be turning on mTOR all the time. You want to limit it to a couple of times a day and then space it out. So I hope that's helpful for the proteins. Um, there'll be more just on proteins in general in other venues that I'll do, but that just wanted to share with you more about the timing of that and what the data actually shows. All right. So we're going to move on. Next, I want to talk about the timing of what's left, the macronutrient fat, right? Does fat make you fat? And actually, the answer to that is usually not if it's high-quality, healthy fat. In fact, fat will often help you lose weight, which is pretty kind of outlandish thing to say, but it's actually true. If you eat healthy fat, in most cases, most people, as they increase their healthy fat intake, they'll actually begin to lose weight. In fact, Really cool book. I just got to put a plug out there. Not that I, I don't get anything from it personally, but I just think it's a cool book um, called The Big Fat Surprise and by Nina Teicholtz. And she basically um, kind of fell into this when she was an investigative uh, journalist and she was asked to, you know, check out all these different restaurants. I think she was in New York or something and she was eating all this heavy cream, you know, in the dishes, Italian dishes, French type dishes, going to all these restaurants, eating meat, you know, fatty cuts of meat and all these things. And, and she like started to lose weight on this high fat diet, which totally caught her off guard. And then she was like, well, crap, there must be something to this. And she did tons of research, tons of investigative work and basically found for herself was with tons and tons of data that the dogma that fat makes you fat is total BS. It's not actual science. And it's this whole low fat diet thing that we in America, unfortunately, and most of the world have adopted in the last 60 years, you know, the, the low fat, especially low saturated fat, and then high carbohydrates, the healthy greens, you know, this is one of the worst things we can be doing for our health and our bodies, because it's making us super inflamed, it's causing insulin resistance. And this low fat dogma, uh, essentially, as I've talked about in many venues prior, when you eat less fat, Basically, you're forced to eat more of the other stuff, and usually that's carbohydrates. And as we've talked about too many times, carbohydrates in excess is definitely not awesome because it makes us fat. The insulin tells us, tells the body to store that carbohydrate as fat. So fat does not make you fat. And um, what the data shows on fats, interesting enough, with the timing is that um, you know, actually, there is some um, data to support, you know, many will say fat, especially in the beginning of the day. And this goes exactly along with the, the data that I was sharing with you from folks like uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan, Dr. Pita Atia, um, these low carb folks. Um, the data also shows that, you know, substituting if you are going to eat breakfast in the morning, try to do a pretty full fat breakfast, you know, and these are healthy fats. I'm not talking about go get a fried, you know, breakfast uh uh, whatever, what is that thing called? A hash brown thing at McDonald's or whatever, fried and crappy seed oil. Like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> that is like toxic. <laughs> I think Dr. Kate calls that, uh, what does she say? She says, you might as well be eating radiation when you eat those fried foods at the, 
most of the places where you buy fried foods, you know, fast food chains, and even most restaurants use crappy oils, right? The, the bad C's and S's, the canola, the corn oil, um, the soybeans, sunflower, safflower, rice bran oil, you know, all of these sort of hateful oils that are the polyunsaturated ones that are not healthy, even if it says something like, you know, organic canola oil. It's still crap. It's still a seed oil and it's still terrible. So these are not the fats we're talking about, okay? We're talking about the good fats, the healthy fats, and, and uh, just refer to all of my other previous both podcasts, modules, things that I've talked a lot about fats and focusing on the quality and the healthy ones. These would be like avocados and fat from a grass-fed and finished, you know, say beef, you know, when you're eating, or even pork uh, if it's grass-fed and finished and, and raised in a appropriate manner. Like I'm okay if you have bacon for breakfast. You know, I don't eat bacon often. I, I, I do like it. I don't feel like it's the highest quality meat out there, but if you can get well-sourced bacon and you even have one local farmer that you trust that's not letting the, the pigs eat canola oil and grains and all the garbage, if you're actually feeding them what they were meant to be fed, then that might be an okay source, you know, in the morning to have bacon and eggs. Like, how cool is that? Like, who wouldn't want to eat bacon and eggs in the morning? I'm cool with that. Today, what did I eat? I ate four eggs. Yeah, four. I know my mom is, is just like, oh my gosh. She grew up in that era, right? The, that uh, fat was bad for her. And, and she's coming around, which is awesome. But I ate four eggs this morning and I ate grass-fed and finished sausage from Teton Waters Ranch. I ate two of those sausages and four eggs and a slice of Tillamook uh, cheddar cheese. That's what I had for breakfast. <laughs> and it was awesome. I didn't, I didn't have a bagel. I didn't, you know, I just ate that stuff kind of in a bowl and, and oh, avocado. How could I forget my favorite thing? And I throw some avocado with that. And that's a, basically a protein and fat meal. There's basically no carbohydrate in that meal. And it's super tasty and super satiating. So, and the studies actually show that eating fat in the morning is one of the best times because it's satiating, number one, especially when you have fat and protein together, super satiating. You're not going to feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like ready to eat in two hours. Like if you eat that croissant or that bagel or that scone or that breakfast cereal, you literally want to eat in two hours. But when you eat healthy fat to start your day, avocado, you know, like I said, a healthy um, well-sourced meat. If you eat meat, you know, either bacon or sausage that's well-sourced from grass-fed and finished, um, you know, meat, that that's perfect. You know, you can start your, your day with a high-fat meal. Um, and I love to throw in an avocado or two almost every morning, and that's high-saturated fat, but the healthy kind. It's not the dangerous polyunsaturated PUFA-rich stuff that comes from fried foods. You know, it's, it's the healthy kind of fat. And when you start your day off that way, you have energy, for days. <laughs> and that's what I do. I basically have my breakfast at lunchtime. I usually eat around noon and I have things like what I just told you this morning, bacon or sausage, which is what I had today, eggs with avocado and maybe a little cheese. And you know, if you can tolerate dairy, dairy is protein and fat rich and it's awesome, right? The cheese. Oh, I just, I don't know. I couldn't live without cheese. I'm so grateful that I don't have an intolerance to dairy because I can eat cheese every day and it's full of healthy fats and and uh, also protein. Who knew that a slice of cheese had so much protein, right? It's awesome. So start your day with fats and proteins, and you're going to be off to a good start. Ditch the carbs, especially first thing in the morning. And the fats, I use them all throughout the day if I need to. Like I mentioned earlier, if I'm trying to have a healthy snack, 
I actually reach for the fats. My go-to is a macadamia nut because it's almost all fat. It's saturated, you know, it's, it's whole food. It's real food. It has uh, uh, the healthy kind of fat, which comes from plants, right? It's, uh, it's awesome. It's a saturated fat. It's not a polyunsaturated PUFA that causes oxidation and free radical production, inflammation, insulin resistance. It's actually a healthy fat. So I eat a handful of that super satiating if I need a snack, you know, I'm not eating it every single day, but if I do need a snack, I try to reach for that because I don't want to activate my insulin, right? I want to stay in my fat burn phase. You know, I want to be able to basically thrive off of fat as my fuel. Another cool book, shout out to Dr. Mercola, Fat for Fuel. Awesome book. He'd be all into that too. I haven't read it in a few years, but I know he talks about healthy fats, especially the avocado, which I believe is on the cover of his book. And he talks about macadamia nuts. I think they're one of his favorites as well. And they're great to reach for because when we are coming off a carbohydrate addiction, often we're trying to reach for something to to curb our appetite. And if we can stay away from glucose containing, or should I say carbohydrate containing things, which ultimately end up as glucose and then as fat because of the insulin, if we can reach for something with a healthy fat, like just eat half of an avocado if you're feeling hungry at some point during the day or just one handful of macadamia nuts. And if you want to, this is my sort of newest trick or hack. I I buy a couple of bags of macadamia nuts. One is just salted. It's dry roasted, so there's no unhealthy oils, just dry roasted mac nuts or pick whatever kind of nut that you like because it's going to have protein and fat in there. But pick the dry roasted. Don't do honey roasted. Don't do any of these kind of roasted where they throw in the seed oils like the soybean oils, the canola oils, all that because most of them do if they roast them. So pick dry roasted and then get some, you know, 85% or above cacao, you know, dark chocolate and take a square of dark chocolate and then... Eat it with with a couple handfuls of, of healthy dry roasted nuts, and it's like heaven. I mean, it's amazing. Or you can get, you know, um, what, what if I can't get, sometimes I can't find good high-quality uh, cacao, you know, dark chocolate. There's some of the brands of uh, macadamia nuts that are coated with dark chocolate. I'll just put like two of those in my mouth or even just one, and then the rest of them, just the dry salted um, version that's, that's roasted but not with any oils, and I'll put one of the... Uh, dark chocolate covered ones, and then three or four or five or however many of the dry salted, you know, roasted ones. Uh, And I'll put that in my mouth and it's like having 10 of the, you know, dark chocolate covered ones, you know, but you only have one, you have one and then the rest of them are just the dry roast. It's a cool hack in your mouth that tastes all the same. And uh, anyway, I had to share that with you. That's been one of my latest cool finds as far as healthy snacks. The cacao is actually pretty healthy for you, has full of awesome antioxidants and you know the higher the cacao is is uh, is the better you know i try to shoot for 85 percent 90 90 percent or above a little bit of that like one square with some uh, dry roasted macadamia nuts or dry roasted nuts of whatever your choice is wherever you can get hopefully um, dry roasted is best because you don't have all the seed oils that they add on to it and there you go healthy snack so fats are awesome in the morning just to um, kind of summarize and throughout the day as snacks because they don't kick you out of the fat burn, right? Because what kicks you out is insulin, which is triggered by eating carbohydrates. So if you want to stay in the fat burning mode and keep trim and not put on weight, then eating healthy fats throughout the day as snacks, if you need them, is awesome. They're not going to trigger the insulin. They're not going to trigger the mTOR. You know, um, so it's, it's a real healthy way to have a snack and not get the consequences of gaining fat. Fat does not make you fat. I'll say that again. Fat does not make you fat. Like how stinking cool is that? Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Anyway, I love talking about fat because there's so much misunderstanding out there. 
I've done entire podcasts, many modules, lots of stuff just on fats because I think it's so misunderstood. So one more plug for that book I talked about, Nina Teichold's, uh, which is awesome. It talks all about sort of this fat myth, right? The low fat myth. And uh, also um, hers is called The Big Fat Surprise. And then, um, of course, Dr. Joe Marcola's book, Fat for Fuel, both awesome, awesome books that talk about how we can incorporate healthy fat into our diet. So that should wrap the fat section. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed that. I love, love, love talking about fat. (laughs) And so um, anyway, we're rounding out the podcast with with that today. Um, I hope this is helpful to you. I hope you got some information about uh, when to eat these awesome, healthy, whole foods that you're going to be reaching for, right? You're going to have an overnight period, hopefully, you know, starting with at least eight and then going to 12 pretty quickly and maybe even 14 or 16 hours of an overnight circadian fast. And then when you feel like eating breakfast, if you feel like eating it at all, you're going to hopefully eat that nutrient dense, awesome whole meal with real natural fats, avocados, macadamia nuts, maybe some healthy protein, you know, from a grass fed and finished um, either beef or whatever. You can even get bacon in there from pork if it's well sourced, right? Best time to eat fat? Well, all throughout the day, but especially in the morning. Fat and fat mixed with protein in the morning is awesome as well to satiate you so you don't get hungry right away. And um, we talked about protein. We talked about how it's helpful to eat it within two to three hours after workout and even at night because you can build that. But don't sip on it all day long because you don't want to activate mTOR. And then, of course, the carbs. You want to definitely avoid those in the morning. Holy crap. Like avoid them for the most part all throughout the day. But if you're ever going to eat them, uh, maybe a little bit right after a workout to replace that muscle glycogen. And then uh, don't eat too much at any one meal because you don't want to activate insulin and then just kick off your fat burn. You want to stay in fat burn all the time so you stay trim, you stay full of energy, you have decreased inflammation, you feel awesome. You know, the whole fat burn fix, as Dr. Kate likes to call it, uh, Shanahan, this is what you want. You want to stay in fat burn. So a big aloha.